something a little bit different on today's podcast as I am going to tell you three financial books that I think all doctors would benefit from reading. Now, it's just me today uh, on my own with a microphone, no Ed and no guests. And I think it's just important to briefly mention why. If you listen to episode one, you'll know that Medics Money started as something really small, just me and Ed helping out our colleagues at work and then their colleagues telling their colleagues. And from that, we've grown to be something really, really big. Over 24,000 of you get your free financial CPD emails. Uh, Over 2,000 of you have found a new specialist medical accountant or independent financial advisor from our amazing nationwide network, which just contains such an array of top talent, uh, the very best in this country. This podcast has over 25,000 downloads. And as time has gone on, me and Ed have been doing less and less medicine, which is fine. We both really enjoy doing medics money and uh, medicine. But there is a pandemic on and I don't need to tell the listeners to this podcast just how busy work is at the moment. And as a result, me and Ed have gone back to full time working as doctors. As a result, we didn't really have time to record a full podcast episode this week. And in fact, I'm just recording this in one take, no edits. So it could be a little bit rough around the edges. But as soon as we can, normal service will resume. Also worth pointing out that All of the Medics Money advisors are working flat out. Our algorithm, which matches you to the best advisor for you, is still there working 24 hours a day. But if you email me and Ed in the next few weeks, we might not reply straight away because we're a little bit busy. Right, I'm going to try and insert our introduction now. Uh, Hopefully, I will see you on the other side of our introduction. Welcome to the Medics Money podcast. My name is Dr. Tommy Perkins, and I'm a GP. And my name is Dr. Ed Cantelo, a GP, but also a chartered accountant and a chartered tax advisor. And yes, you did hear that right. Not only is Ed a doctor, he's also a chartered accountant and a tax advisor. Medics Money empowers doctors and other professionals like you to make better financial decisions. Before we get into the book reviews, I just wanted to say something which has been bothering me for quite a while. And that is that if you're a doctor or dentist or other professional listening to this podcast and you're struggling with your finances, you are not alone. Each week, without fail, I get an email from sometimes medical students who are amassing, you know, horrendous amounts of debt whilst at medical school and very nervous about that. From junior doctors who have to pay extortionate exam fees and course fees from consultants who have got a pensions tax bill or just simply don't understand what's going on with their pension and from GPs. And so, so many of us struggle with our finances. And I think there's a few reasons why Uh, we don't get any financial education and we can struggle with that. Maybe people assume that because we're smart doctors, we are also smart with our money. And unfortunately, that has not been my observation. And also, you know, we have to talk about the money because some doctors, according to the BMA figures, have had a 30% real terms pay cut over the last 10 years. So we're being paid less to do more in more challenging circumstances. And if you are struggling with your money, you're not alone. And hopefully the resources on Medics Money can help to drag you out of that. What I also wanted to say is if you are struggling with debts or any of those other problems that we mentioned. Now, if you listen to episode one, you'll have heard my own personal financial journey which briefly is, I came from working class background, master horrendous student loan bill at university, really struggled for many years with my finances. But 13 years after leaving medical school, I've paid down all that debt. I've got a really nice, comfortable investment portfolio. 
I've got a nice house, a beautiful family, and at least before the pandemic came, at least, I had a really nice work-life balance. And if you saw me driving around in my 13-year-old car, or more likely riding around on my bike, you would definitely not think I was rich. And that is because I am definitely not rich. But I do feel wealthy, and everyone's definition of wealth is different. But for me, being in control of my time, working hours that allow me to spend time with my young family, and no longer having to worry about whether I had enough money to make the debt repayments that month or if my car broke down, could I afford the repair bill? The reason I'm telling you this is because I have not done anything exceptional to do that. Nothing at all. I've not got lucky with some elaborate uh, get rich quick scheme. All I've done is the basics that we talk about on Medics Money all the time. And I've also been really lucky to get excellent advice from the right advisors. And that's really why we run Medics Money, because we want you to have the chance to empower yourself by teaching yourself. And if you need it, then you can find the very best advisors in the business who can help you get your finances back on track. But if you are struggling, I've been there. I know what it's like. But honestly, you can get yourself out of it. Uh, and you don't have to do anything exceptional, but you do have to do the basics well. And hopefully we are focusing enough on the basics in these podcasts. But let me know if we're not and we can do some more really basic financial management. Right. So the hardest thing about recording this episode was, well, the second hardest thing, apart from doing it in one take uh, without any editing uh, because of the time constraints, the second hardest thing was slimming it down to just three financial books that I would recommend you to read. And, you know, it's a subjective decision um, that everybody has different opinions on what are the best books but I've tried to limit it to three because uh, like me you probably don't have a lot of time for reading books it's always uh, slightly irritating when our non-medical colleagues are saying oh what are you doing in lockdown I'm watching Netflix and reading loads of books what are you doing in lockdown Uh, I'm kind of working flat out uh, and the pandemic thanks very much so I've deliberately restricted it to three and three only and the other thing to say is that there isn't really any books which specifically deal with the financial issues that doctors uh, face other than the Medics Money ebook. And this is totally free and it's essentially a really, really long blog post which gives you all of the basics, but they are very basics um, that you need to do. And I've dropped the link in that, but if you just go to medicsmoney.co.uk forward slash ebook, you can find the ebook there. Right, so the first book that I would recommend published in 1996 for a predominantly American audience. And if you're thinking, why am I recommending this old book, which also has some slightly uncomfortable gender stereotypes in it, um, all the the millionaires are men in this book, don't be put off by that because it is absolutely essential reading by Thomas J. Stanley. Now, if you're worrying about finding all these books, I've made a quick blog post, which is in the links, where you can find all the books. And the links there mean that if you choose to buy, Medics Money get a tiny cut from uh, the Amazon booksellers, uh, which helps us to keep powering on with the podcast. So The Million Next Door by Thomas J. Stanley uh, is basically what Thomas J. Stanley did is interview lots and lots of millionaires, asking them really insightful questions. And then he noticed a pattern that developed with millionaires. And if you're sat there thinking, well, I don't really want to be a millionaire, I would say don't be put off by the millionaire. That's like a clickbait title. What he's really saying is how can you use your money to improve your wealth? And as we all know, if you've got more money, in my opinion, you've got more choices about what you do of your time. Chapter four is worth the price of admission alone, to be honest with you. It deals with the finances of two American doctors, uh, Dr. North, um, who is what 
uh, Thomas Stanley calls an underachiever of wealth, which is basically saying that he earns a lot, uh, Dr. North, but uh, doesn't actually have that much wealth. So he wastes a lot of money on stuff that he doesn't need. Um, and then there's Dr. South, who is an overachiever of wealth. And it goes into detail about the just simple habits that have made Dr. North and Dr. South what they are. Uh, it's something that every doctor needs to read, just that chapter. Uh, just try not to cry when you see that the American doctor's salary in 1996 was at least double, maybe triple, uh, an NHS consultant's salary today. Uh, you Are Not What You Drive is an absolutely classic chapter um, that a few doctors that I've seen probably need to read, especially considering the aforementioned pay discrepancies. So it's not perfect, this book. There's a lot that it doesn't cover. But if you're looking to just get a handle on how to get better control of your money, uh, and the bit about Dr. North and Dr. South is a really interesting chapter, I definitely recommend that book. Okay, so um, the second book that I recommend is called Smarter Investing by Tim Hale. Now, this could just be the best investment book you've never heard of. And, you know, there's loads of really famous investment books. We'll talk about them, some of them in here later on. But this one, lots of people don't seem to have heard of. And I'm not sure why, but I think it might be because it's not flashy. It doesn't peddle elaborate, get-rich-quick schemes. Um, the latter chapters are really heavy on detail. It's lots of evidence-based and really well-referenced. And it's just not a particularly entertaining book. But if you are looking to get started and manage your own investing, it's an absolutely great place to start. Now, if you think good investing is about buying Tesla shares or Bitcoin or whatever else is being hyped up in the Sunday papers, you definitely need to read this book as a matter of urgency. So Smarter Investing, Tim Hale, it's in the show notes, a link to it. The third book is kind of really different to the other two um, because it it's called The Psychology of Money by Morgan Housel. So if Smarter Investing, uh, that I just mentioned by Tim Hale, is a how-to manual of investing, then The Psychology of Money is a why-to manual of investing. Now, Housel, the author, is a journalist whose dad was a doctor uh, who became disillusioned with medicine and was able to quit medicine on his own terms, you know, retire very early, thanks to some really smart financial decisions. And the more that I've learned about personal finance, over the last 10 or 12 years, it, the more that I realized that psychology and behavioral finance is a massive part uh, of finance in general. Um, so the central theme is basically that investing is not the study of finance, it's the study of how people behave with money. And by managing your money, you build wealth and you can use that wealth to gain back control of your time. And as doctors, I think using your money to build wealth so you can get back control of your time is something you know that I've personally found really, really valuable because if we're notorious for one thing, doctors, it is that we work extremely long hours and that can have a devastating impact, not on just ourselves, but also our families. Housel also argues that luck has a lot to do with outcomes, which is not something that I totally agree with, but the argument that he makes is that your experiences shape your decisions, and I definitely agree with that. Um, and... To some extent, luck shapes the experiences you have. So I think that's a valid kind of way of saying it. Um, and it's not as simplistic as saying uh, luck is everything. Um, the example that Morgan Housel uses uh, in this luck analogy is that um, Bill Gates' school was one of the only schools in America that had a computer. Uh, and that obviously was lucky, you could argue. And that shaped the experiences that Gates had. And obviously anyone who's used Microsoft knows what happened after that. 
So I think if you read Morgan Housel, The Psychology of Money, in combination with Tim Hale, Smarter Investing, you'll have a really sound foundation to start your investing journey. And The Millionaire Next Door has just got some key concepts that especially higher earners need to uh, take on board. So that is it. Three books to get you started. I said that I'd mention a few other also rans. It, it seems it's impossible to mention, do a book reviews without someone mentioning Rich Dad Poor Dad uh, by Robert Kiyosaki. A lot of people eulogize about this book and it's frequently recommended. I can partly understand why, but it's not on my list of the top three. Uh, nowhere near. Uh, it doesn't really give any specific advice and it does seem very far-fetched on occasions. But there's not any perfect one perfect finance book uh, yet. So there's still plenty that doctors can take from this book and definitely the first couple of chapters will be really uncomfortable reading um, because if you realise the rich dad versus the poor dad, the respective qualifications of rich dad versus the poor dad, um, that's going to be uncomfortable. But the underlying message of this book is sound. And I always think with personal finance books, if you take one or two really good actionable points from the book, then you've had a good result. Um, and the key takeaways from this book for me is assets versus liability. Assets generate you money, liabilities cost you money. Uh, he talks a bit about this cash flow quadrant, which is a complicated way of basically saying that being self-employed or running your own business is probably better than being an employee um, because tax deductions are better and you've got more control. Is based on Americans, again, um, but in some ways that's true for the UK tax system, I think. And it also talks about property being a good investment. Uh, and from what I understand, that's how Robert Kiyosaki's made most of his money, apart from selling books, obviously. Um, it's hard to argue with that, really, I think. So, Rich Dad, Poor Dad is being mentioned here purely because I felt like I had to, uh, but it's not on the list of three. It's got some useful concepts in it that I took from it, but I don't think I've ever looked back and referenced it ever again. Um, but a lot of the concepts that, that Robert talks about are alien to doctors. And so for that reason, you should probably read it. Um, there's about another million books that I could recommend, uh, all of which have their merits. But I've tried to just give you three here um, so that you can focus your attention and get started on your financial education journey. Uh, the other thing I say is the Medics Money ebook um, gets lots of great feedback and it's a great place to start. The Medics Money blog um, has so much information on it and you could also do a lot worse and just keep listening to Medics Money podcasts as we take you on your own financial journey. So even though it's a short and pretty dirty edit this week, uh, apologies for that, but real life took over. Um, me and Ed will always be doctors and that will always be our priority. Uh, but once we're back uh, to a normal even keel, we'll be um, back on the podcast together in due course, I hope. Uh, stay safe out there, guys, and really look forward to seeing you again on the next podcast, which will definitely be next week, but it might not be me and Ed.